Another edition of Lay It on the Table, the Southern Board Game Podcast with the accent on Southern. As usual, I am your host, Joe Mahaffey, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, partner in crime, James Englehart. Joe, that was fantastic. I think you've got a good streak going. This is awesome. I'm just going to keep the script right in front of my face. I find that that's just the only way I can do it in this 56-year-old domain that I live in. Wait, I don't get a script? (laughs) <laughs> sorry no sorry uh and that and and folks we are so happy to welcome uh to lay it on the table our guest uh kit Petronets. uh he is the founder and owner and inventor of game envy creations and we are just really excited to talk to him today but first before we get into that i just want to remind you that in uh, November, we will be at Mythicon. Mythicon is November 10th through the 12th, 2023, at the Hilton Charlotte at University Place. Uh, you can go now and get your tickets to Mythicon, Charlotte's big uh, gaming convention, uh, put on by our good friends Richard Fortuna. Uh, and, of course, this is the old Mace uh, uh, convention that you may have known in the past. Uh, I will have a link in the show notes so you can get your tickets, but that is upcoming. But as we kind of get into that, I want to turn the attention to Kit. Hi, Kit. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We are good. We are good. So I'm going to give a little bit of a backstory as to how we ended up inviting Kit to uh, the show. As as many of you know, um, in the last year, I have gone from, you know, just doing the board games and the D&D to really getting sucked into the painting of the minis and the terrains that go along with that. In fact, there is a group of us that meets at Carolina Tabletop Games, not a sponsor, every other week where we get together and paint and we learn some really good techniques like slap chop and uh, a few other iterations. In fact, uh, Richard Fortuna's wife, whose name is eluding me at the moment, I'll fix that later, is an award-winning mini painter. And she has come in and, and taught us some really great uh techniques along the way. So with that as a backdrop, and as I was sort of assembling my kit, no pun intended, uh, (laughs) for the way that I like to paint, I ran across uh, a Kickstarter from Game Envy that was promoting a new type of um, cup or a revision, I guess I should say, of a cup for your paintbrush, which has sort of been the bane of my existence. I love having a good brush. I am always struggling with how to keep it clean, and that was sort of my intro into understanding what Game Envy was. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I was able to get a couple of their products, including the Exemplar palette, which has changed my life a lot in the way that I paint, as well as the Wizard Caddy, I believe is what it's called. Uh, Desk Wizard. Yeah, Desk Wizard. Thank you. Um, I should always write all of those things down for my script, and I never <laughs> do, which is why... There, Richard, everything is named... I, I, my background's <laughs> in design, so I like naming logos and stuff like that, but I'm trying to simplify that. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, with that as sort of a backdrop, you know, Kit, I wanted to have you on for a couple of reasons. Number one, I wanted to hear about, you know, sort of how you got into the design of these items and sort of what inspired you. But as we get into it, I also want to get into what does the anatomy of a Kickstarter look like? Because I think we talk about a lot of the Kickstarters that we back on this program, ranging from board games to, uh, STL files to obviously your product 
And uh, we want to get into that as well. But first, let's start at the very beginning. How? What is your origin story? How did you get into this? And what inspired you to become an inventor in this space? So my um, my background actually is D&D. That's how I started with all of this. Um, you know, I've always... I got into D&D through computer games. I've always really enjoyed RPGs uh, as, you know, growing up on the console and, and computer. Um, and I was invited um, almost 10 years ago now to join a D&D group. And, you know, it was nice. We, we had our characters and he was, uh, our DM at the time had some paints available and he was like, do you guys want to, you know, he, he had some Reaper stuff. <laughs> and he was like, pick something that, you know, looks like your guy. So I, uh, you know, I did that and, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it, I mean, at that point we had no children, um, we're up to four now, but <laughs> yeah. And you just had one recently. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations four, once again, about two weeks old or two wow. months old. Wow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we were first talking, you were like, I'm a little busy right now, but June <laughs> might work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so it started off as just sort of like, um, painting for, um, the games I was playing. And then I started, um, my brother had built, um, um, like model airplanes when he was a kid. And, and, and I never really was into it at that point, but I, so I started buying what was available, what I knew about, you know, at Hobby Lobby or whatever, and was just messing around with that. And then I got more into, um, just painting figures. I was starting to buy things, you know, games were coming out at that, you know, this was 2000, uh, 15 is when I sort of really got into the miniature board game and games and those started coming out more, you know, more heavily with like kingdom death was, you know, around then. Um, and that's, I, you know, with Kickstarter really jumpstarting all of that stuff. And it just become, became something that I was doing a lot and enjoying. Um, but I wanted, uh, I just sort of like wanted to make my life easier. Um, so we started, you know, our first child was born in 2014. Um, so, Things started to get, I started to get less time. So I wanted to make it easier <laughs> since it was my sort of Zen time. Um, and that's sort of when I, you know, at that point I had been using um, soda bottle caps to hold my miniatures. Um, I, you know, I, I was painting a lot of um, older D&D stuff, square, square bases, things like that. Um, and so I was just like doing that. And then um, I, I'm a tinker at heart. Uh, my background's in graphic design. Um, I, have there's a great adventure time episode where he meets a sphinx that has like approximate knowledge of many things <laughs> and so i yep. like i like my my other hobby is collecting hobbies so I've, i'm always doing stuff so i ended up um taking a, a champagne cork and the i cut off the top of a soda bottle and made a, a mold of a half champagne cork half soda bottle top that i could screw my miniatures on too um and that was the first iteration of the hobby holder um, <laughs> and the hobby holder is the product you have the patent on. Is that correct? Yes. Correct? Yeah. Okay. It's back there. Actually, I have the, uh, I have the first model. I'll grab that real quick. It's, I like keeping all the stuff together, but. Oh, sure. Is actually still, um, that's, this is about the first one. It has some green stuff holding it together. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. But, I see. Yeah. And then you just put a <laughs> bottle cap on it. Um, yeah. So the hobby holder is, was our first product, um, that we put on Kickstarter. Um, and it was just came from, you know, making this more and more useful and, and into something that, you know, with the design and marketing background that I thought would be interesting to people and, and, and 
what's turned into all of our products are just things that make my life easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know I, I rarely go out and say, oh, I want, you know, that's a product that we need to make. It's more, how could I make my life easier with this? Like with the desk wizard that you held up, it's like, how do I organize the 10 paints that I want to use? You know, and, and during that campaign, it was like, oh, I have 500 paints. I'm like, this is not for that. This is to this is for you to bring what you need to the table yep. and work on it. Well, that's definitely uh, the necessity is the mother of invention kind of yeah. uh, kind of paradigm. No, I, I mean, and I love the wizard because I, I really like the ability to put my phone on it because, yeah. you know, when we're in the game store painting, it's either having a picture up of what I think I want it to look like or being able to, uh, you know, look up something relative to what I'm working on. So that's I, I mean, you've just thought of so many things for the for the modern hobbyist, which I, I think is really cool. And I. I really appreciate how your 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 whole brand of game envy does not limit you to one thing. That you have that ability to be a little bit more versatile um, around the around the products that you can carry. Yeah, and and he, I went back and forth on the naming too, <laughs> and 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 just creating something that uh, I think we were we we've done a few business pitch competitions, but uh, like thirteen year old came up to me after the thing and was like, "So why game envy?" And I was like, "Well, like." people are envious of, of like your game, whether it's painting this, that, this, or their actual game. And he was like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just really going from that first product, which was the hobby holder, I have a aqua color one here, um, which holds your miniatures. Right. Um, and over the course of a year, I, we ran that Kickstarter, um, I, I say we, I and my wife <laughs> helping yep. me stay sane. You know, we ran that Kickstarter and then I launched our store um, uh, and st- sold the hobby holder for a little bit and started really dabbling in new products. Um, we were able to get laser cutters and stuff um, with some of the proceeds from that campaign to expand our our offerings. Um, and then in 2000, end of 2018, I was able to quit my job. Now, now, what were you doing before you were able to do this full time? I was uh, started out as a graphic designer, uh, and then I um, was the creative director at Hood College, okay. uh, which is a college here in um, Maryland. Sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was always it's actually it's been really helpful because I do all of our graphic design, photography, right. and um, my operations manager, who I is a great friend and who I've worked with several times. Um, I also took him from Hood at the time, <laughs> and. Um, and he's photography background, design background. So we've really been able to really cut costs on a lot of that kind of stuff, which has been helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, when you say graphic design, I'm, I'm, you know, my brain, I'm, I'm in it and I do a lot with like, you know, UX and UI. And I think like Adobe and XD and stuff like that. Is that, is that your kind of, yeah, yeah. We world? run pretty much everything, Got you know, it. all, all of our stuff's in uh, creative suite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that, that and I, I've branched out cause I, for the hobby holder, um, I taught myself how to do 3D modeling in Fusion 360. Okay. Um, so I, I tried Fiverr to get, and I got approximately what I wanted, but then I realized that it wasn't, I needed to be able to be more hands-on just who I am and sure. the, the, the amount of tweaking um, through all of the products. And and even to our new manufacturers, I'm like adjusting things. I'm like, ah, oh, we need to make this like 0.12 millimeters tighter. And they're like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I know you're rolling your eyes at me, but it's got to be perfect. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because we, we we did talk to Jamie Stegmeyer last mm-hmm. time and we did allude to the early days of uh, Stonemeyer Games where they had some some Kickstarters and then ultimately they made a move where, you know, the way they do it today. And I, and I kind of wonder, you know, 
when did you first think, okay, we've got something, let's go down the path of Kickstarter. Uh, let's, let's start there. Um, I mean, my Kickstarter history, you started just from, I was interested in it. Um, and there were things that I, that were on there that I didn't see before. I thought the first thing I think I, well, the very first thing I backed was, um, a documentary on Minecraft, which was in its infancy at the time. And this was like, it was free Microsoft, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, it was some hot sauces, some socks, a CD. Sure. Um, and I just, I liked the concept. Um, and I mean, the miniature painting market, um, you know, is, was, is, was, I mean, it's much more now, but it's fairly contained or, doesn't have the exposure. It has lots now. And, you know, a lot of that is in part to Kickstarter. And I could see that that's sort of where that was going. Um, I, I, I like that on my Kickstarter profile, it says I'm a super backer and a backer favorite because it shows <laughs> I use Kickstarter yep. uh, and I believe in it. Um, you know, and there's, you know, backer kit and them have released stuff, but um, yeah, it was just, I was using it and I was like, I feel like this is the kind of product that could function on Kickstarter. I think I was, and I was watching some campaigns that were sort of doing their ups and downs. And and I had no idea about manufacturing at this point, but it sort of gave me a small glimpse into um, that side of things. And I was like, I think this is something that we could do. Um, and so I started developing. I remember talking to, you know, my dad, my mom, my wife and and being like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I want $16,000. I think that'll, you know, I, I got a quote from Proto Labs in uh, Minnesota um, and that would give her the molds and I think like a thousand units or something like that. And they were like, six, okay. You think you can get $16,000. Okay. <laughs> and, and it was very much like, uh, just outside of the, the, you just don't understand even the board game market, sure. D&D and all that kind of stuff. Um, the not really being in, immersed in it, like, like I like to be, um, and we ended up smashing that but it was it was very much i was comfortable with kickstarter as a user um and it seemed like the appropriate place specifically um because of things like the board games that were really um flourishing on there so to, to follow up on that just kind of a little bit um was that the moment when the sort of entrepreneurial bug bit you um or did you had you done other stuff before that was there is this this minis um you know Game Envy, is this your first go at starting and running a company or have you done others before and kind of bounced around or I'm just interested in how that history then you know, coalesced right there? So my sort of upbringing has been very um, entrepreneurial, just about my dad. Um, he, back before he was like, uh, this is a lot of work. Um, he would um, help bail out small companies and fix them and like basically sell them back to them when they were functioning in a, in a proper way again. Um, it, it's a very simplified version of what he did, but so <laughs> that was sort of always there. And, and, um, you know, he, when, and I did, um, uh, I lost my, one of my design jobs, uh, twice, two different, in instances where the owner died, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you um, clarified that. That was good. Just yeah. to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a funny story. So when I started at hood, I think, um, a week and a half in, I walked in the door and the, 
uh, executive or the um, assistant director was like teary and we had to go to my and the, the director wasn't there and we had to go and have, have a meeting with HR and the uh, and the president. And I was like, oh, my. And I knew he was a cyclist. I'm like, oh, my gosh, did I kill another one? <laughs> <laughs> was not that he was. He t- yeah. <laughs> took a two week break, but <laughs> for other reasons. Oh, wow. Uh, that's... Yeah. So I um, I ran my um, freelance design firm, Visual Confection, which, you know, I've sort of put on the back burner as I, you know, really have to focus on this. Um, but I ran that um, for all in all. I mean, while I was at full time other jobs, like in the evening and then as mm-hmm. a job, um, pretty much the whole time I've been a designer. So that's sort of working with the clients and things like that. Uh, customer service has that kind of thing has always sort of been what it is, but this is the first time when I really even considered a product other than I had a really good idea, which is now taken, but you know how you step on your uh, trash can and the lid pops up. Yep. I wanted to make one of those for a toilet uh, where you step it on and the toilet seat pops up. <laughs> <laughs> it's already a thing now, but. <laughs> hey, I, I have one that when I, you know, put it down, cause I'm like the only guy in the house. I, it just, Goes slow. Oh yeah, I like I, that's a great. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Now I go to other people's house and I'm like, wham. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, you know, it's funny in my experience uh, with uh, you know creative designers is that they're already they're already in an industry that has a propensity for freelancing mm-hmm. to a degree, and I think that uh, that gives you that sense of um, the ability to be an entrepreneurial w- with a little I don't want to say no fear, but maybe less fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from that perspective. So your, your first Kickstarter was done when? Uh, 2000, uh, October, 2017. 2017. And the one that we're currently doing that now, the one that you're about to fulfill on, is that your second or third? Fifth. Fifth. Okay. Shows yeah. you what I know. <laughs> okay. So that's been a pretty steady, um, channel for you because you know what? I remember when I, when I, cause I did, I was unaware of you guys until the latest mm-hmm. one. Um, and it just, it was just one of those things where I, you know, the algorithm always gets you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so somehow Facebook knew that I was doing something with mini painting and it just served this up to me. And I saw that cup and I was like, Ooh, Ooh that cool. solves a problem because the way I'm destroying brushes right now is, is, is a thing. And so that was really what my motivation was. And then I also discovered that some of the things were available now. So I just went ahead and ordered those and said, I'll wait for the cup and I want to start using this palette now. And that's been that's then you have to wait for your stuff because it got lost in the mail. And- hey, I, I wasn't going to get into all that. I mean, but but <laughs> but I will say that your customer service was exceptional, and I had no complaints at all with the way that I was treated by you guys as a customer. Um, but the sense I got, though, is and this is kind of how I get a lot with with Kickstarters, is that you've got this idea for a product, you're going to use Kickstarter to basically build up a, an impetus of pre-orders so that you know that it's a product that's going to sell before you make that investment. And so that is kind of how I see you, you, you kind of trigger into the, into the, to the world. Is that a fair, um, fair way to say what the, uh, one of the benefits of Kickstarter is, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially at this point, um, I mean, this Kickstarter that we just did was, there was a lot of molds and stuff we had to put into it. Um, but we've, it's definitely sort of come to a point, um, where it's, it's not just a marketing tool, but it is, it is a marketing tool for us, Got it. um, to really build sort of what would be interested in. And, you know, the first one, yeah, I couldn't, I didn't have $16,000 to drop into an injection mold that I had no idea anyone would buy. Right. Um, or even the second campaign. Um, 
And it also, it's really helpful to, even if we have an idea, um, like the Desk Wizard camp, we did a Kickstarter for that. And what we were able to do with that was just buy enough acrylic at one time that we could offer it at a lower price. Mm -hmm. So when we bought like two pallets of acrylic, we didn't have to, you know, uh, it was a little more expensive because it, it was like right at the beginning of COVID. So acrylic was hard to come by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's part of marketing, part uh, volume so sure. we can get pricing. And then um, when there are larger things like injection molds. And, and how many Kickstarters did you do before you said, okay, this is a viable ongoing business. We're going to go ahead and leave hood and set this up and, and become game envy. Um, Pretty much, I mean, the second one is when it really was apparent that we could do this um, financially. And, um, you know, and my wife had had um, started her law firm, um, so had gone out on her, on her own with someone and done that. And so we were sort of at a point where it's like, okay, I've been doing this for, you know, two years. I've done, I've had my sort of like jump into freedom basically. And I was like, all right, so some of that. Um, but yeah, it was second. I I quit my job. I left my job um August of 2018 while I was preparing to launch um the second hobby holder campaign where we added um the grip part and yeah. the larger bar. Um so it was sort of like I was at a point where I couldn't function the money from the website was there enough and I, and the interest was building enough that I felt comfortable that we could do it. But it wasn't until after that campaign that I was like, we're going to run these, you know, try once a year or, or about there. And this can be a great place to just open up the market to these things. Sure. No, that makes it, that makes a ton of sense. And, um, did you find that, um, um, well, well first of all, I wanted to say, it sounds like you got out of academia just in time to avoid COVID. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so as you set this up as a going concern, did you find that uh, the, the storefront online was your, your a good channel or do you also have a, like a dealer network you sell to the local hobby shops as well? Um, most of our stuff goes through our website. Um, you know, we do the ads, we do that. And we have, a, we have a nice network of um, painters that use our stuff, talk about our stuff. Nice. Um, Adepticon, I felt like everyone there, you know, all the teachers were using stuff. It felt very much like, oh, game memory's taken over Adepticon. Um, uh, so we, you know, we sell at uh, conventions. That's another uh, good revenue stream for us. Um, and then we've recently started with, uh, we haven't been on there for a year, but we've been selling uh, on Amazon a little bit Got it. for stuff that we have the mar margins for. Um, and we want to sort of um, find ways to make them so we can do it on there just because it, what we found is, and it's come sort of with some actual validation on this is one of my concerns was, okay, if we go on Amazon, we're going to, the people that are on our website are, you know, we're going to start losing half our money because we're on Amazon. Right. And I'm like, oh, but would the volume make up for that? Um, but what it's turned out is the people who are buying on Amazon might not necessarily have even, would never have bought it if it wasn't on Amazon. Yeah, um, sure. And, and I've talked to people that are like, we were at Adepticon and they were like, oh, I found this on Amazon. And, and I, I was looking at the other stuff on Amazon when I was looking for, you know, painting stuff. And I was like, this is the one I, you know, I'll get the exemplar web palette. Um, and so those are the kind of people that they, 
So we have we haven't really seen any drop from our website, but we've seen a growth in Amazon because they're sort of not two distinct groups, but there's definitely people who, you know, myself included, most of us who are probably going to hop on Amazon and be like, "What?" You know, no, hundred percent. I mean, I yeah. <laughs> I do it all the time because as a Prime member, you get it fast, and yep. you know that if for whatever reason you're not happy, it's going to be you know you have thirty days to return it. Unless it's close to Christmas, then you have like, you know, 180 days yeah. or 120 <laughs> days or something like that. But I mean, I think there's a there's a uh, a bit of um, certainty in that because, mm-hmm. you know, just just the way that they've set up. And that's why, I, you know, given the choice of like AliExpress versus Amazon, I always go towards Amazon or something like yeah. that. So, that makes yeah, sense. yeah. With this sh- this sh- and, and we try like one of our one of our big things is we try to do the shipping as as quickly as possible. Um, but we're not Amazon, but we, you know, we, <laughs> it's, it's been a lot better now that, uh, Derek started, he started, uh, a year ago, uh, in November and being able to have someone that can focus on sort of making sure fulfillment of our daily stuff goes sure. quickly and, and, and products are made and things like that has been helpful. Um, so, well, so I noticed in the picture in the Kickstarter update that came out last night where things are, you had a picture of all the pallets of everything that I guess arrived from China, I presume. Is that mm-hmm. where you had yeah. your production? Yes, yeah. mix of China. And we um, so we had some stuff in China, some stuff in the U.S., but Got I it. think all, most of that was China. And so I'm curious, is that like a separate warehouse now or is that like your garage? <laughs> no, that's so uh, we moved 2019, um, July, we moved into um, a space and um, I think it was like. Well, we, I, I'm currently sitting in my in the old Game MV office, which is about 200 square feet. <laughs> okay, got it. And that is um, uh, a year ago. We went from our first space there, and we expanded into that. So we have about 3,000 square feet now. Um, that's you know has we 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 can get more volume now, which is nice. Um, but it is in the basement of a building, sure. so we are actually currently in the process of of um, buying a building. Um, oh, nice. So, and you're, you're yeah. out, you're outside the belt. You're still outside the beltway on the, the Maryland side of the, DMV. Oh yeah. We're, we're about, uh, 50 minutes outside of DC and Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Got it. Yeah. Um, Ooh. yeah, so it's, it, it's definitely been growing. Um, we've, I mean, we, so we started in here and 200 square feet, then we went to 1800 square feet and then we busted a hole in the wall and we made our office and the workshop separate. <laughs> and then we took a space on the other side of the building um, for warehouse and, and moving over the, the packing area. So we've been sort of growing steadily for the last couple of years. So, so um, what is it about the DMV? And for those of you, for the uninitiated, the DMV is DC, Maryland, and Virginia. <laughs> what is it about the DMV that makes it a hub for some of these interesting gaming companies? Because you're there obviously. And the game steward is down towards Reston, I think, uh, oh, of course okay. they, they're the ones that, uh, you know, buy a lot of Kickstarters and then have them after the fact. And they're kind of yeah. a neat, neat website. And I'm just kind of noticing there's more and more of these, you know, uh, boutique type of distributors popping up around the DMV. Is that just happenstance or coincidence? I feel like, yeah, it's, it probably happenstance and stuff like that. Um, I mean, other than Gen Con and Adepticon, you know, PAX Unplugged is over here, which is really big yep. um, for board gaming. But I mean, there's, yeah, I don't need just happens to be there. I, I would think it would be in the Midwest because that's where the cheapest shipping is. Yeah. Um, Cause in the U S shipping is by zone and it, and the shipping to California is twice as much as it is to. <laughs> so. I think there's stuff in the, in St. Louis, right. Cause yeah. um, Stegmeyer's there. Um, Geekway to the West happens. I think there's some other, yeah. 
Yeah, um, so that makes sense. That would yeah. make more sense than than having it on one of the coasts. But <laughs> well, and talking about Gen Con, I noticed that you're headed there this year. Is that is this your first time, or you do that pretty it regularly? Is, yeah. Oh, nice. It's actually my first time going as well. Okay. Oh, well, cool. I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'm envious now. <laughs> um, it's it's I I it's it I was my it was my mission to get there before the pandemic my wife and i were planning to go we have a friend who was like hey can you come and be a game uh, demonstrator and i was like sure let's do it and then all of a sudden everybody shut down around the world and, and i just yeah. haven't had an opportunity to to kind of reset that but uh it's, it's i'm sure it's going to be an amazing event yeah i'm excited and i think it's the 20th anniversary it might be yeah, i saw it's about right yeah. yeah and are you guys uh, going to be exhibiting there as well and have a booth yeah that's and, yeah, yeah we got um okay. so We've applied a few years, now haven't got in. Um, we didn't apply during, like right after COVID. Um, and then this year we got in, we're not, we're just in like the regular hall, not Entrepreneur Alley, which is, um, I don't know, good or bad. We pay we pay the regular price, but we're also just like a, a traditional exhibitor instead of stuck in that little area. Right. Um, right. But I mean, we're uh, pretty close to Kingdom Death and, Warhammer and uh, oh, that's awesome! I so we're like we're not. I'm. It's in a good. We're at the very end, but we're in, and that means we're in until we don't want to be in, which is nice. <laughs> that's that's how a lot of this stuff has we've done. It's like with packs, we're like, once you get in, I'm like, oh, I'm holding that position because you know <laughs> yeah. I I talk to people even with and Gen Con, you know, people are there's a list and and they don't want to like. They don't want to have too many of the same type of exhibitors. Sure. I mean, oh, board games, yes. But, you know, they don't want like 500 laser cutting people or a 3D printer, that kind of stuff. So right. so it was nice to, to, I don't know if recognize is the right word, but um, acknowledge that we are unique um, and that we're, we're of interest to, to, the, to the crowd because I know it is a, um, hard to get in. And, as we haven't gotten in for a few years. <laughs> and, and I know that James is going to have a few questions for you. And I tend to monopolize conversations like these. So I'm going to ask you one more question then I'm going to let him jump into his, but I kind of wonder, do you have like a, a network of like um, artist influencers or people that come to the shows that are using your product and showing out the results that you can get with it? Or is that just sort of something that also happens organically? Um, I have never really, I never focused on building one. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, over the years, just talking with people and creating friendships and those, and, and, and when I do talk to new people, I like to call it painting partners. Um, because, um, I'm working on, I, I want to do an affiliate, uh, program. Um, but part of mainly cause I want to to give back to the people that use our stuff, but I, I don't want it to be a, uh, something where people are just applying because they want to, you know, stuff or, or, or yeah, pearls, but more because, because of the core of our, of game envy and, and my purposes, I want people that use and love the products to be representing it. I don't want anyone to, you know, yeah, like, Oh, I use this one, but whatever, you know, this, that, or, you know, so I, the people that I talk to are, are, actual fans and I, there are people that I can bounce ideas off of and, um, and I can send prototypes to. So really, so when you get into this, like painting partners, these are the people that I'm talking to about new products, um, eh, testing stuff. I have, we have a brand new example, our wet palette paper, um, coming out and new sponges that we're working on. Um, so we have this whole network of people that test our stuff and, and I want to yeah. give them a little bit more than just stuff. 
Um, so, but that's really happened organically. Well, and I think, so one of the things, um, I was looking at a couple of pictures from, um, and I, I think there's been some trouble on the other side of things. So, uh, we're just going to keep chatting. Yeah. Um, but it looks like the, like your display area does have people painting, right? I mean, you've got some people like modeling the, like how you can use the product and, um, so is that you? Who's that? I couldn't. I couldn't quite tell. Is it like is that you sitting there in the booth the whole time, or do you have other people come in? Or so uh, we've had um, at a few conventions, we've had people come in. Um, Frank Dunbar, who is a commission painter, um, he sat at our booth at Nova before. Um, um, Sean McGaffey or uh, Brush for Hire, um, he's he sat at Adepticon and painted for us. Um, so yeah, we have people stop by who want to, who I mean. They're, most of these people are teaching classes at these conventions and, and you know, they're doing this anyways, or um, rather than sitting over in the hobby area, they come and sit at the booth. Nice. Um, I, so it's, 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 but all the pictures on the actual like displays, that's just me like with my camera <laughs> holding stuff. Yeah. I actually, one of the, when I hired Derek, I was like, oh, awesome. I have a set of hands that I can use that aren't mine. <laughs> well, I mean, I would think it would be, one of those products that um, I, it's kind of intuitive. You're like, oh, and this is something like, I mean, I, I'm not a minis painter. So this is why Joe has really been taking over a lot yeah. of the conversation because I, I just don't. Um, but when I saw it, he showed me the stuff. I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Like that just makes perfect sense to like, yeah, you have to hold it somewhere. Like, how do you do that? And I've seen some people with, you know, all kinds of home rigs, you know, tying things or, you know, gluing or the little blue sticky stuff yeah. to, um, you know, dowels of different sizes and all of that. And this just seems like it's answering a whole lot of struggles that people have. Like even how do you, I, I love the little detail of you get, it spins and you've yeah. got the little <laughs> dial. So you don't have to even it's like, man, that is awesome. So it feels like there's gotta be, well, and you had said you earlier that you were a tinkerer, a tinkered with a bunch of stuff. Um, and this is a really clearly well thought out device and series of uh, stuff that you've got. Um, and one of the, um, you had, let's see, one of your posts said something about good thing, my welding skills, I've, I've polished <laughs> up that. So have you, uh, have you got other devices that you've built? Are there tinkering that you've done? Or is this kind of, okay, cool. So tell, tell me some more about that. I'm really interested. <laughs> so it's actually really interesting. The, the reason I started, I picked up welding was um, while we were testing wet pallets. Well, first I was like, I need to be able to build tools around the office for things I need. Um, and, and I was, I was always sort of like, we need different things. And I make um, display plinths for miniatures. So I, I'm right. I saw that there too. Yeah. Um, but uh, when we were creating the wet palette, we were, we were looking at sizing and, um, and trying to send out sample sizes of things to people um, just for myself to use as well. So I, um, I, I got a die press. So we, you know, we have 15,000 pounds of pressure, but I, I've been able to just like order a die and get it is first cost prohibitive. Um, and time just, I like, I like, I use draft resin in our, in our resin printer, just because I'm like, I need, I need to see this in 15 minutes. Like, <laughs> so I started welding together, um, a plane, like a wood planer, uh, the mm -hmm. blades are just these like big steel blades. And I started making welding together, steel dies basically out of planar blades um to test all these different sizes and stuff on the go um 
And then one of the things I was working on um, for the woodworking was um, an automatic uh, clamp. So I go up to like 3000 grit sandpaper on uh, the plinths. And if it's a square plinth, that's five of the sides that I have to, I don't do the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So, so going and, and having to like the rotary sander, or orbital sander is like in your hand and you have to turn it off, put it down, move it, undo the, right. So I made this thing out of a drum pedal and a bright, uh, a bike brake cable, um, and <laughs> a bunch of springs. And so you could press the drum pedal down and it would open up the clamp and you let it go and it would close it automatically. Um, so that I could, you know, keep one hand, the sander on and just be like, rotate, sand it, rotate, sand it, nice. rotate, sand it. I was using my foot in the, in off screen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I could hear that. Yeah. I could feel yeah. that. I, I, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, all kinds, 3D printing has been great. Um, just for like yeah. little fixes around the house, our, um, uh, our second son, both of our sons really, uh, they would always touch the coffee maker. So I just, I made this like plastic sheath that would go over the front of the coffee <laughs> maker. So they couldn't press any buttons. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got a two-year-old and he's, he's, you know, he goes over to the, you know, the dishwasher and I'm like, no, no, don't touch any of those. It's draining yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. There's so, nothing in there, but it's cycling. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, that, that's the, you know, I, I, I tend to just make things that we need um i've made some shelf brackets yeah you know, a lot of lot yeah just a lot of stuff for around the most of the stuff is just things that we need around the office that um just we need and it's not even well oh really awesome and uh we're we're working with turbo dork on some stuff um they do really cool paints um and they have a new um uh they've been working on a new uh mixing tray that's silicone the paint pops out of it really easily when you're oh, nice, yeah yeah um and all of our packaging is um this for the hobby holder at least is this like topper card and it takes okay. oh yeah. in it uh there's nothing really on the market that does two staples at the same time so i made this tool that does two staples at the same time and it's sized <laughs> just for our bag so i have we have like they started out um laser cut and then now I, I made a 3d model of it now so and and they were like so we're we need a three inch bag for our new stuff you <laughs> then i was like all right so i just sent him the stf uh the um fusion file so he's gonna work on that and i'm like when it's done send it back because we have some stuff um but yeah it just takes two amazon basic staplers that you hot glue in place and then you can do two staples at once oh that's awesome <laughs> And and I guess is that like stuff that you've been doing like as a kid that you just kind of took forward? You've always done that sort of thing, or yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I I you know, I'm strongly you know I got Lego sets. I I, I love yeah. Legos. Um, that's what all those are. <laughs> those are minifigs. Oh, okay, I was going to ask about those too. All right. <laughs> yeah, minifigs, sword. <laughs> Which you did oh, not three yeah. uh, D print. I'm thinking. No, the sword, no. <laughs> That's a real one. That was actually a gift from my mom and my brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. The family that slays together stays together, yeah. I guess. Oh, I love it. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's always you know, building and, and that kind of thing has always just been something I, I enjoy doing. So just kind of staying busy with the hands and then that got you into design and it's just been super handy to be able to do yeah. this stuff around them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you had said you had kind of started off with the, with D and D and 
you know, painting minis after that. Have you, you know, drifted into other minis games? We just were mentioning Warhammer, um, historical war games, that kind of stuff, or is it still kind of for you mostly tabletop RPGs, D&D, that kind of thing? Um, I've, I've, I mean, honestly, I've really slid into the solo co-op dungeon crawler realm. Ah, yeah. um, it's just, I'm 38. I got four kids. It's hard to, <laughs> my, sure. my GM moved to South Carolina. It's hard to, it's a to good place. Even with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so really tabletop games. I've, I've slid into more of the board game area uh, mm -hmm. and specifically the dungeon crawlers. Cause that's just, that's what I like. I like, you know, I love playing Diablo. I played, you know, Ultima Online right. Warhammer a lot, uh, or um, uh, Warcraft a lot. And um, I, I've, we started learning how to play um, Blood Bowl at the office. Oh yeah. Um, so that was that was the most like war gamey I get into. Um, <laughs> the rest just I don't have the time yet. Uh, sure. Maybe if I had like a tutor. I know there's there's tutors out there, but. Um, yeah, it's it's really been focusing on the the co-op um story building campaign setting kind of things that sort of pulls that RPG element into a into a easier to not easier uh faster to run uh or less people to run thing. <laughs> sure. And you yeah. and uh and you came to D&D kind of what is I'm guessing early 20s, late 20s. Or had you played that? Yeah, late. Yeah, it was about 2013. So, uh, it had. I I play. I sat in on a couple games in, in the early 2000s, um, but it uh, once I, it never really. I didn't have anyone to play with, and at sure. that point, uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like at that point it was still very much like not cool like it is now <laughs> not that i wasn't not that i was doing that but it there just wasn't like um there was Critical a lot of role wasn't out there not, um yeah. stranger things hadn't kind of given it yeah. a push yeah <laughs> yeah so so now it's like oh yeah the all the cool kids play D and it's awesome <laughs> no yeah. one's playing madden anymore you know <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so but now i'm very i'm very much into board games um i i got uh one of the one of the early ones that got me into it was, I mean, I, I got Kingdom Death. I haven't really, I ventured some into it, but it's just so massive. And I was going to say that's a big, big game. Yeah, yeah. It, and it takes a commitment and and finding smaller things um, that still have the miniatures that I that I enjoy painting. Um, um, what was it? Uh, Mice and Mystics was oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the, you know, I'm a really big fan of Redwall. Mm -hmm. um, that, yep. you know, it just sort of gives you that sort of reminiscence to the I listen to a lot of audiobooks um, uh, and what was it Mouse Guard was the other one that has kind of yes. a similar vibe yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Mouse Guard that was a little like that was like the I, although at certain points Redwall was very brutal but I, Mouse Guard was was uh yeah that was rough that, yeah. that was yeah. the graphic novel and it got a little bit intense <laughs> I like that one yeah. <laughs> um but then like um I my my laptop is sitting on Familiar Tales which is another one by Plat Hat Games Yep. Um, do you have you uh, looked at stuffed fables? I do. I and I got yeah. stuffed fables, and I got. I haven't played it yet, but I got the Oh Brother. Um, oh yeah, the expansion. Yeah, nice. I, and I've I've really enjoyed that. Um, seeing those that uh, because I have young kids, and 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 mm -hmm. a lot of these games, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to buy this game, and I might not play it right now, but I'm going to play it with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> But I really like that, uh, you know, some, they call it storybook, some other yep. people call it differently, but that very, it's like, and it's, it's not necessarily, 
like linear it is but it's 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 you're getting to play your character just like you would a you know mm-hmm. you can do more in a dnd game and it's fairly linear in terms of you know we got to go kill strad eventually but <laughs> <laughs> you can do all kinds of stuff in between there but but oh, yeah. in place is has been really helpful um i played uh descent second edition okay yeah that's um, a classic dungeon crawl yeah and 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 i there are so many like crazy solo or co-op only things out there and then when they released the new version i got that because i was like awesome but i haven't played it yet um but it was it was amazon on 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 like prime day for like 60 percent off or something i was like wow yeah sure (laughs) that's a good yeah maybe it was 40 percent off other way (laughs) still it's good it's good good yeah Um, uh did you have you seen um more in the rpg world the uh magical kitties save the day no Ah, yes. So Magical Kitties Save the Day. It's right. um, more uh, RPG, you know, style. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can do, you know, uh, you have the freedom of choice that you do in D&D, like where are you going to go? What do you want to do? But the mechanisms are much more, you know, they're shrunk down yeah. and you play as magical house cats who are you know, scampering around town and discover that there are, you know, an infestation of, uh, they have a couple different, you know, scenarios you can go through, but. Killing uh, rats in the in the cellar? Yeah, well, some of them are that, but there's also like, there's an alien invasion of, I guess, very small aliens. Uh, there's another more sort of magical one. I think there's evil witches or something living outside of town. And so there's a, you know, different things to explore and different um, scenarios too, yeah. Um, so I always wondered it, what, uh, like if what's the age range? I was looking at the picture; it looks pretty young. But like, could I could I run my eight year old through it, or how does it? Do you know how it? Yeah, I think okay. that was is kind of where it's pitched, like okay, eight, cool. like seven up to twelve. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh well, and see, that's the other beautiful thing, is that you're like, oh yeah, everybody loves magical kitties. <laughs> <laughs> yep, um, and I think that was a Kickstarter a couple of years ago, um, and it's been. Let's see, it's Atlas Games, and I, I didn't expect to talk about this, so I didn't bring up a, any, um, any. I pulled it up on Amazon it. to look at it. <laughs> can you guys? Yep. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. You are back with us. Good to see so you. So the power went out. Wow. Ne- never had that happen before in a podcast, <laughs> and uh, my AT and T took forever to reboot. So I apologize for that, James. I don't know if you get we're getting my texts. Nope. I mean, I saw I saw your text furiously, like just go go. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you guys, your videos and audio would have been recorded up until this point into the Zoom cloud, which is another reason why I have that as a backup. Oh, that was I, awesome. I'll yep. have to play with it on the production <laughs> side. So, um, uh, don't so let me, talking, don't yeah. let me interrupt. <laughs> so we were talking. So magical kitties. Um, there's but so I think many. I'm looking. There's like so many options for it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's and it's and it's a super. It's adorable. Uh, the art is just about the the kind of look that you would want. So I was going to say, yeah, you've got what four kids under ten. So yeah. uh, board gaming is an excellent thing to do on yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> I just backed another one that was um, um, uh, blanking on the name, but he was uh, diagonally from me at at Pax Unplugged, and uh, he does storybooks, and it. Um, like the books are this group of friends that get together and, and go on an adventure and then you sort of go into the adventure and they're kids and 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 he just did a Kickstarter that is for a system for 
that, which which I'm pretty excited about as well. But that's awesome. In the mean, you know, he they're still it's still in its infancy. Um, but I'm I'm gonna check out Magical Kitties because yeah, just up their alley. Yep. We were playing um, uh, Ticket to Ride, my first journey. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Was, I was like, I might rather play this than uh, regular Ticket to Ride much quicker. <laughs> it, it's it's a super nice. Yeah, I like that version. There's uh, My Little Scythe. Uh, yeah. There's a uh, you know. Those, I got that just for the minis. <laughs> oh my god, they're so cute, right? <laughs> Did you paint them? Because I didn't. Because that's not my job. I have not job. painted them yet. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. That's that feels. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 the ones that are on the displays for the convention, and I'm like, I will paint these. <laughs> so with that, I awesome. did have my first Castle Panic. Castle Panic has oh been, yeah, hands down one of my favorite. Uh, just like quick, get it on the table. Let everyone mm-hmm. knows like Castle Panic, and it's just like so simple to explain. And then I got my first Castle Panic uh, for the kids, and they've been really enjoying that. So awesome. Well, that is a backdrop. You should in uh, the D and D side of things. There's a really cool one that I did uh, recently at the store, and and it's great for kids under ten, like the the okay. eight to ten range. It's called, um, um, oh shoot, it's the DM Dave. It's the the Blossom the Blossom Scouts. Yeah, um, you have mentioned this before, but it um, yeah, it's um, hasn't yeah. landed that strongly in my brain. I have to say, I know it's hold on. I'm so used to two screens. I have to use my phone to look stuff up because I'm on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> They're called Blossom Scouts. It's Badge Quest. Badge Quest. I don't even have to look it up. Mm. Badge, Badge Quest. Quest. I feel like I saw that somewhere. It's, it's a really nice uh, D6 mechanism. And uh, I did. we did a we did a mini Mythicon at the store back in May where we were all just doing different RPGs that were not D&D or Pathfinder. And I ran this one for a table. And, a, and I had some young folks there. And it was just really cool because it was – like a mom and 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 her daughter and her daughter was like nine I want to say, and it was just a really cool, cool thing to kind of do uh, with the, some younger I don't folks. Know where I saw it, but yeah, I definitely I because I'm looking at the the pictures and I'm like I definitely saw this somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one too. And uh, I don't know if you guys got into it, but um, my wife's uh, cousin has two children that are in that um, eight to eleven, twelve range. And when we were at the beach with them this past uh, fall. We brought Flamecraft, and boy, that was uh, a great yeah. game. I know James, you've been playing it lately, and by the mm-hmm. way, it's one of, and for you know Origins is going on right now. I think it ends today, and uh, I've been I've been kind of watching this Origin Games Fair because they're supposed to make some announcements around their awards for the first time in two years, and one of the ones for Game of the right. Year it's Flamecraft, which has already won some other places, uh, but it's up against like Boop and. Uh, some D and D and magic, the gathering stuff. And so I'll be curious to see when they announce those uh, winners. Yeah. Magic win anything at this point. I feel like <laughs> uh, it's I'll, won all the money. So why yeah. else would, you know, what else does it need to do? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people on YouTube complaining. That's what it's, that's what they have won. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. A, a couple of, a, a few episodes back, we got the opportunity to interview Linda Kodega and she's, uh, they are mm-hmm. the Gizmodo artists or excuse oh, cool. me, journalist that journalist, yeah. dropped the bomb on both Hasbro from the OGL perspective, and they also broke the uh, Pinkerton story. Okay, and yeah. So <laughs> there's been a lot of discussion about wizards on this channel in the last six months, as you can imagine. I'll just yes. I'll just leave it alone then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have not, and I'll just bring this up because I bought this because I thought it looked absolutely fantastic. I haven't played it yet because it's just so massive of a box. But Storm Hollow. Oh yeah. And I was able, I got it off eBay and Hey buddy, I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> <laughs> this, hey, is my, uh, this is my, this is my eight year old. Hey I, man. Hey eight year old. 
Finn. <laughs> hey, Finn. Good to meet you. Me and Papa, um, we just started a Minecraft survival world, and we've already gotten so much done. That is Mine's so awesome. cool. Yep, yeah. There it is. Oh, he's got the T-shirt too. Yeah. That is yeah. so cool. And 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 Minecraft is a great way to get your kids into STEM. They have a really good uh, mind, both Minecraft and. Um, Swift playgrounds on the iPad are great ways to get kids into coding early. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been, and, and, you know, like I said, I've been, I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm no good at it. I mean, I love playing and, and building, but I'm, I've, you know, but from the infancy of it, seeing people build like a calculator and to yeah. what they're building now, it's been like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, my daughter, my daughter used to watch a lot of Minecraft videos and, you know, played around with it a little bit, but like, oh, look, there's this guy building this undersea. And wow, okay. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys might have been pivoting to what is on the table. So, so Kit, uh, what is on yeah, your table right now? I was, I was saying we just played, uh, which led us down the uh, the games appropriate for kids was um, uh, Ticket to Ride: My First Journey. Okay, and I and. I I was playing for myself and my two year old who was just like wanting to put trains on the thing, and my two uh, two older sons were there and everyone left and so I was just sitting there and my wife sat down and played one hand and I was like I might play this instead of regular Ticket to Ride just to get, <laughs> just to get a game done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Um, so I'll go next because I, I only have one game on my table right now. And so uh, we interviewed uh, Jamie Stegmeyer a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that in this episode. I'll, I'll maybe say it five <laughs> times. Keep going like this afterwards. Yeah. yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he, uh, he recommended Earth. And I had gotten Earth for my wife for her birthday, but it was sitting on our shelf of shame, which means it was still in shrink wrap. And so uh, we got it out. We got it punched out. We got it on the table. Um, it was super, super easy to learn and, oh. and it was very satisfying and we have been playing it. Uh, we've played it a couple times. Um, I I gravitated to it much better than my wife Dale did because the first set of scores was pretty dramatic between the two of us. There was a big gap, but we closed the gap <laughs> on the next game. Games. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and I was I was quickly registering where all the point salads were going to come from because it's all, it's all built into the game. And, uh, but we played again last night and our scores were like eight points apart. I still won. Oh, nice. I still won, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's eight points, but you know, from like 60 to 68, as opposed to eight to 16. Uh, it was more like uh two fifty three to two. Oh, yeah. I mean, so it's very pretty, tight. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, a lot you of know, points to be had. You get, you get points for the cards. <laughs> you get points for the sprouts on the card. You get points for the growth on the card. You get there's end of round victories. There's an, you know there's all kinds of things. It's a really interesting game. Uh, there are some cards on there that require some interpretation. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, well, that happens with a lot uh, games with lots of cards. Yeah. Yes, and so we have to work through that. But all in all, I I mean I I now know why Jamie recommended it. It was it's a it's a great game, and we'll be playing it for a while. I I can imagine. Uh, before we pull it off the table. That makes good so, sense. Yeah. Um, but go ahead, James. What do you got going and on in your Since we've world? been talking about Flamecraft, I think when the last time uh, we talked, when we were talking to Jamie Stigmeyer, <laughs> I'll do that what? now. Yeah, I'll do that. I know. It's right. It's crazy. Who, who, who it's, the good, fuck? it's a good thing it's not uh, a drinking game. Yeah, <laughs> true. 
Uh, so we had talked about it, like Flamecraft is on the table waiting for us to go and play it. So we got two games of Flamecraft in when my daughter Sky was here. Uh, and that's, of course, 2022. Uh, Manny Vega is the designer published by Cardboard Alchemy, a bunch of other people. Sendara Tang. And it's funny because there are cards that have both uh, Manny something and Sendara something uh, in the game. So you can, I, I, I love when games do these kind of Easter eggs. It's super fun. <laughs> um, and so, so, Kit, have you, do you know this game, Flamecraft? I don't. Okay, I don't. So great. So I have some notes. Uh, so it's kind of got Studio Ghibli kind of art and like Arty little art. baby dragons. Yeah. So it's a, it's very appealing for, yeah. Um, it's a pretty light, it's kind of like a very accessible worker placement game that gives you a whole lot of resources. Like whatever, you know, there are re worker placements that are like, you know, you can definitely get blocked out of things. This is not that game. Um, and each little shop and more shops will come out to give, you can um, go to for a resource gathering or you can place enchantment, enchantments which give you points and then more actions and everything gives you more actions. Uh, but they're all, there's like three basic kinds of actions and that's it. So you're thinking, oh, I can do this and this and this. You can, but there's only going to be like three choices. It's all very straightforward. Um, getting fancy dragons, so that's what you really want to do. Too. Oh, hey. yeah. I love that the, there's artisan, there's artisan dragons and there are fancy dragons. And I was <laughs> one of the fancy dragons to wear like tutus and stuff, but they're just, they're just other kinds of fancy. Um, and there's a real basic timer is these two decks, either fulfilling enchantments or getting basic dragons. And we found that it kind of, those decks went down pretty quick and kind of almost very close to each other. They both ended in different ways. Uh, they, we ended it we ended the game one of each, right, at different times. Um, have any of you, do either know, either one of you know the game Ex Libris? This goes back to think, much earlier. I think you've talked about it before, I've but I don't it. know it. <laughs> yeah. So Ex Libris was 2017, so a couple of years ago. And has the other kind of, there's a puzzly tableau of book cards that come out, and you're trying to lay your cards down. And, right. But like Flamecraft, you go to different rooms to take actions, um, Ex Libris has these very hilarious book titles, but it's a lot more complicated than Flamecraft. Um, so I think if you have a chance with choice between the two, or you really like something big and crunchy, go with Ex Libris. But um, Flamecraft is super fun and quick and super accessible. Oh, fairly to kids. quick, super accessible got, to kids. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things that's great about it is that those the actions mostly come from the art, uh, artisan dragons. And there's really just, again, three kinds of, or more than three, but there's, but like, you might see each dragon that's like a, a leaf dragon does the same thing. Each dragon that's a, you know, baker dragon does the same thing, right? So you might see a bunch of them, but it's still going to be the same time each time you see it. They all have different nice, names. Though, it's very it gives cute. gives you a little variation without like adding rules. <laughs> yep. 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 It, it minimizes the rules grit. Yeah. There's a there's a um, uh, bonanza. Oh yeah, bean fry. I love that. But it's like it's all the same beans. Yep. <laughs> they, yeah. they do different things. But it's all the same beans. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's like that, right? You know, once you figure out which, you know, oh, this one needs to have like seven beans to fire off, or this one needs three beans, or whatever. You're like, okay, now I know which one it's, yeah. and which ones I do and do not want to trade away. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. I will say uh, the other. I'm sorry. I was gonna. I had. I thought of no, other games. No. Yeah, man, go for it. What? Well, yeah, what you got? Well, so I was, um, uh, I've been really into, uh, like I was telling you, James, the um, uh, solo uh, co-op kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But 
there's been a really um game crafter makes some really cool they actually make them but um iron helm is one that i've that i've been trying to get on the table um and they have a game that fits in an altoids tin called gate and nice. I, I'll, I i've been really into those just because it's 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 how sort of my life runs right now <laughs> um and then Free time uh, fits into an altoids tin yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. Makes a ton of sense. and then it's sitting at the office right now i have not played it yet i played the other ones but i'm excited to play this is um one of our uh one of our the guys that paints um and that we know uh Malev, he just released a game called demon ship and it's a single grid and it's a survival game solo so only it's like i think it's uh it's it, it's small it's like 10 by 10 or something like that grid and it's a solo game that just built on surviving this ship uh, i'm excited to play that he's been demoing it but um yeah like i said i've been in, i've been really into these little <laughs> yeah no <laughs> that makes perfect sense. and um uh what was the other one um yeah inspire uh i think oh yeah yeah, so I, I just ordered the playmat for that because I was like, I need to be able to organize these things. <laughs> oh, playmats! Playmats are great. Oh, I love it. Yeah, well, and it's good to have the pre-organized kind of space. I mean, I don't know if you were if you were in a minis painting, it'd be great if you had like some little device <laughs> to just like pack all of the <laughs> somewhere to put your brushes in. Your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a decent brush. Nice, nice wraparound. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm here for you, man. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Laura and I also got uh, once Sky went home. We like to play um, Quest for El Dorado. Yep. Uh, yep. So, and then though there's a there's a new version of that out, uh, new art and stuff. Uh, Canizia classic, uh, Vincent Dutre art coming out now, um, and it's just a fantastic little game. And then we also we were watching a, a literary reading uh, hosted by Belt Literary Magazine. My wife and I are both writers and both on the literary side of things. So she's the fiction department at Furman University, and I'm the poetry department at Furman University. So we were watching LitMag, and, you know, on Zoom, and we're like, well, you have to do, you know, something to sort of keep yourself busy. So we played Ingenious. Do you all know this game? Yeah? I don't. No? no. Okay, so Ingenious is a, another Reiner Knizia. It's the Reiner Knizia show here. Um and the let's see this was from a ways ago let's see uh 2004 yeah it's a nice little abstract particularly they say like eight plus is good the bgg says um and it's it's kind of hexagonal dominoes so you've got two hexagons joined on one end um and then they've got different color shape so uh, but it's like unlike um another game that is going to escape me at the moment um every the purple is always going to be a circle right and the square is always going to be yellow or something like this um you play them out and then you score based on what is out there and the kicker and this is kind of where we get Canizia scoring is from this game you push you know you score as many points as you want but your lowest marker the one you've moved the least that's your score oh, okay I've so seen, you I've can move, move red before, out to 18 yeah. that's great if green is still at two two is your score interesting yeah so it's it kind of pushes you to um, gameplay yep, your, yep. balance your, your own gameplay <laughs> yep and it's a i mean it's it's kind of fairly an abstract it's just um you know a version of dominoes uh mm -hmm. with these kind of multi-sided things that's um so, and it you can get this down quick and played quick all you do is you put the board down grab a handful of dominoes and go so 
That's the setup. That sounds good. It's not yeah, making yeah. <laughs> Yep. And then I got a, a chance to hang out with my friend, Adam Slaker, uh, my former downstairs neighbor when we lived in Fairbanks. Uh, and we got to, we met up and played on uh, Board Game Arena Splendor, which is just, you know, classic fun. Classic game, yeah. Uh, yep. And, it's, a super, and it's, a, it's one that I like to, I also teach a writing class that does board games as their topic. And my students, when we have game days, they, uh, they like Splendor a lot. It takes them a minute to sort of wrap their mind around Tableau and engine building. But once they get it, they're like, wait a minute, I have, I'll, I'll say, wait, okay, now you have all of the sort of virtual gems here to just grab that card. You're like, what? Like, yeah, you don't have to spend any chips. Just grab the card. So it's always a fun moment. Well, we started this uh, episode talking a little bit about, uh, you know, Kickstarter and the anatomy of a Kickstarter. We also like to talk about Kickstarters that we've backed or intrigued in or are intrigued by rather, or perhaps have actually shown up on our doorstep. Mm -hmm. um, I did back a new one this week. I did back uh, the Dog Park expansion, New Tricks. Aww. Uh, we love the game Dog Park. I um, What's really neat is if you're a backer, they give you the opportunity to make your dog a card. And of course, I don't have a dog, but my <laughs> friend, of, friend of the show, Chris Keener, who is the uh, composer of our theme song, uh, Pictionary, is uh, got two dogs, and I, I've encouraged him to uh, get pictures of both Callie and Junie uh, and uh, submitted because I think they would be great dog park uh, cards. Oh, that's uh, awesome! So yeah, I'm looking to see, looking forward to see how that game comes about. That's another one. If you haven't seen that kid, it's a really fun game, and it's uh, it's kid friendly uh, as well. Uh, I am intrigued. I did see that Vita Lacerda has a new Kickstarter out from Eagle Griffin Games called Inventions, Evolution of Ideas. And um, and I, I saw this image and I saw the boards and I thought there's a lot going on. And I did not see Lacerda's name on it. And now that you said yeah. Lacerda, I'm like, oh, yeah, that that tracks. Yeah. yeah. So so we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we, we've got some feelers out to see if perhaps perhaps we might be able to get him to come on the show. Uh, awesome. No updates yet. Uh, I ran into the person that's helping me with that yesterday, and uh, we're still waiting. So hopefully that will come to fruition. And if it doesn't, well, you know, we had Jamie Stegmeier on. How do you top that? Yeah. There, how's that? <laughs> There's five, still a right? of games to play. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and then there, I saw this uh, game, Fairies, The Adventure Begins, mm -hmm. and the artwork on this is just really intriguing. It's very... Um, They're it's all hand-painted. I saw this myself, and I, I thought about putting it in our little list here. These are all hand painted by a particular, yeah, I guess, woman famous for painting very fairies. Very midsummer night's dream kind yes. of aesthetic. It's very, it's very nice. And so I I'll leave we'll the Frank game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, James, it looked like you had a couple on here as well that I I missed. So crossbows and catapults, a classic uh, from the 80s, um, from way back, brought to, brought to life again by those necromancers at Restoration Games. Um, and it's I have a version of this called Catapult Feud, um, and the guys say my, the idea is the same. You know, you, you build up a sort of castle, you sit around, you know, three to six feet away from somebody, and then you launch stuff at the other person if you have children um it's just brilliant silly fun it is super fantastic um and that is kickstarting like that sounds like a, a a more physical version of stratego which was a favorite yeah. when you were a kid <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we're actually destroying your general <laughs> yeah no and that's it you have to put your little fighters up and you're trying to knock them off and yeah and and yes i it was a, a christmas the castle cat catapult feud i'll get that route um 
was a Christmas gift, and I spent probably half of Boxing Day with uh, Laura, my wife, and Sky, you know, just alternating playing this game. Um, and her dad was like, "Huh? So uh, university professors just play these kinds of stupid games?" We're like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, we do. This is awesome." I saw I saw that post on Facebook where your wife said she just married you for your games. So I thought that was that's great. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. Yep. Uh, and then the other one, last one here is Castellans of Valyria. I'm not sure that I would necessarily recommend this. It looks like interesting game, um, but I'm just fascinated by this company that has kept Valyria as this kind of setting place. And they've have game after game after game set in this. And it's kind of interesting because I don't think there are a lot of companies that kind of do that, like have a setting and just stay there. I mean, there's, you know, Magic the Gathering and so on. There are clearly some examples, but that's not one that shows up a lot. And I thought that was, uh, I have a little bitty one called Villages of Valyria. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, look, it's more Valyria. So just intrigued by the way that they have managed to keep that setting going. Well, in the, uh, in the picked up department, last time we were here, we talked, I had mentioned uh, Blood and Plunder as mm -hmm. a game from Firelock Games. I did pick up the Blackbeard versus Maynard set, which will give me a lot of work with Kit's product because I have to paint these oh, things. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I got that from Carolina Tabletop Games uh, in Pineville. That was the one I was looking at that accidentally knocked Ark Nova off the shelf. Oh, yeah. And so I felt like I should buy it from, you know, there. Um, <laughs> but I did find my way. I was up in uh, Raleigh-Durham this past week uh, for my real job. And, uh, of course, I never miss an opportunity to go into atomic empire in durham and i picked up the uh the uh, pirates the pirates of legend minis that i have to build and paint and so more more reason to keep buying things from game envy so i can uh, <laughs> keep uh pulling those forward um but i didn't i didn't find any um intriguing stl files this week to back uh, but that one castle, uh, the uh, oh shoot, I forget the name of it now. But it, it arrived. I talked about it last time. Mm -hmm. uh, it it deployed this week into my um, into my my mini factory account, so I can start printing those when I ever finish this uh, uh, endeavor to hero, to print out this 3D Hero Quest board, which I am still in process of doing, uh, which will involve even more painting. So uh, <laughs> lots going on to try to keep us. Uh, busy this summer, but I'm really excited about the pirate game. Um, yeah, because I've always, you know, I've always been intrigued by pirates, and I love this idea of I get to build a ship, I get to build the, the little armies, and then I call it like Warhammer with pilot pirates. I mean, that sounds um, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, right. check it out. And I did say and you're you're up there on the East Coast, so you know you've got uh, yeah, plenty I'm, of you know. I'm near Baltimore. We have a harbor. <laughs> I was gonna say sailed in and out of that space. Although the North Carolina and South Carolina coasts are a little yeah. more infamous for that sort of action. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. All you get up out of that harbor is uh, crab. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> no, that's yeah. The Inner Harbor's great. Um, yeah, it's it funny. Is, yeah. yeah, it's it's actually the Inner Harbor has a twin called Darling Harbor and Darling Harbor is in Sydney, Australia. Okay. And they have I believe that the one in Sydney takes its inspiration from the one in Baltimore. If okay. I'm wrong on that, I'm sure I'll get corrected, but uh, <laughs> I'm just oh, gonna, I'm I'm saying that right. demonstratively. <laughs> I'm saying that demonstratively, yes. So we'll just say that Charm City has the uh has the win on that one. Uh well gosh kit, uh we really appreciate you 
carving out some time on a Sunday afternoon to sit down and talk with us and uh, work through the whole power outage here in North Carolina. Thanks to, <laughs> I'm glad you and James were able to keep the conversation going and I'll have to look at the, uh, what uh, Zoom put in the cloud to see what I have there as I begin to put this together. <laughs> Well, if it's not there, we had a great time. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't it matter. Good. We didn't exactly. name call it all. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. And, you know, I, you know, we, we love about this is that, you know, obviously we wanted to get to know you and, and hear about what you guys do and, and sort of how you got there. But at, this, at the end of the day, we're all passionate about this hobby of gaming. Um, you know, and we, we've talked many times about how the shut up and sit down guys have kind of given us that history of gaming that goes all the way back to the time when we could kind of go, from running from predators and actually sit down and have some leisure time. And so, you know, being able to bring that into the 21st century and use it for, as you're, you said at the beginning, that moment of Zen or just to give us some measure of, uh, you know, satisfaction here. I am a 56 year old wannabe artist really struggling with how I can make something look pretty cool. And these techniques and tools like yours kind of help make that possible. So I appreciate that. Anything on the horizon that you would want to make sure that you mentioned before we close out today? I mean, we're going to be starting fulfilling our, our Kickstarter. And, and then after that, those will be up on um, the, the cup and the scrubby and the brushes will be up on uh, the website. Uh, hopefully soon we'll be at Gen Con. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have um, some new wet palette stuff. Like I mentioned, the paper and mm -hmm. the, uh, and the new sponges will be coming out soon. And, 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 and maybe something uh, bright for your desk to light up your desk. We'll, we'll see. Oh, like that. I like that. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, as usual, uh, you can follow us at layingonthetable.show and find us on your favorite podcast player. Uh, and if you do that and you find your way over to Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcasts, it lets you have an opportunity to leave us some likes or stars or, heck, even a snarky review that suggests that maybe what I got wrong I should correct in the next episode. I'm happy for that. Uh, of course, you can also find us at... Uh, Lay it on the table in Board Game Geek. We have a guild there, as also you will find a link to our podcast. And, of course, the video version of this can be found on our YouTube channel, Geek and Southern, on the Lay it on the Table playlist. And, as usual, I am, not, I am Joe Mahaffey, and I am not bored. I am board gaming. And I'm not James Englehart. <laughs> I'm James Englehart. All your tiebreakers break your way. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye, y'all. One, two, three, four.